Hello, friends, and welcome to Sterile Field Guide, a podcast dedicated to medical student general surgical education. I'm Alex, and I'll be your guide. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode four. There are a lot of noises outside, namely joyful children playing. So if you hear it, I apologize, but I hope it brings a smile to your face. In this episode, we're talking about how to be helpful in the OR. So in the past episodes, we've talked about general ways to be a good medical student on clerkships, but now the best part of your surgical rotation being in the OR, at least I hope you think so. It can be very scary, especially if you've never been in the OR. There are a lot of moving pieces, and I feel like a key component of your clerkship year or years is feeling completely in the way at all times, regardless of if you have medical experience. I know for me, I worked in healthcare five years before medical school and I still felt in the way and unhelpful when I started out and so I hope that you can avoid feeling like that at least a little bit and I hope that some of these tips can be helpful to you. So some things for being in the OR, things that you should do absolutely every single time if possible before you go to the OR is meet your patient. So if you can, if this is not a trauma situation, introducing yourself to the patient in pre-op, this is usually happening during morning rounds. So as you're rounding on the patients you're following, also checking in with the patients you're operating on that day if they are present in the building to meet them and let them know that you'll be on their team. You also should help roll them back. So when anesthesia is getting them ready to go to the OR, you should be in pre-op with them, ready to roll back with anesthesia. And at this time, once you've rolled into the room, you can help transfer them to the OR table. You can help get them positioned. You can help anesthesia if you have any experience with this or they can show you how to do things. I think some of the key things that you can help with is sort of knowing where the warm blankets are in the room. So I always, this is sort of the order that I like to approach going to the OR. I would meet my patients in the morning, and then once we were done with rounds, I would go to the OR that we were operating in. I would pull my gloves. I would sort of get familiar with my surroundings. I would introduce myself to the staff, and then I would go to the pre-op area and then roll back with my patients That way, I already have my gloves pulled. I already sort of know the layout of the room and then the people in the room are expecting me to be there. And so I feel like that's sort of the order that I would approach it. But once you've rolled back, you can help transfer the patient. If you've never transferred a patient before, uh, this would be a great time to learn it. You can ask the nurses or the other staff to help you sort of understand the key components of it. The slide boards can be confusing if you've never used them. And you can ask like, specific ways that people sometimes mess up so you can avoid them. It's not too hard. I feel like in your first couple times, offering to hold the feet can be helpful because that's fairly self-explanatory and easy to do. And then after that, once you've watched a couple times and asked questions, you can do like the main transportation. Another thing you can do as a medical student is help notice any areas that look like there could be too much pressure. Um, When patients are laying on the table for multiple hours, they can get pressure ulcers, nerve damage, etc. And so making sure that if there are any lines that are pressing on places that could use a little padding or if they're in for example like dorsal lithotomy you can get peroneal nerve damage there so making sure you have padding around those nerves making sure that nothing looks like it could cause damage so that's something to pay attention to and if you're not familiar with this again just watch a couple times and you'll sort of notice the patterns of places that could have extra pressure or what what that might look like for you like I mentioned before you should always 
introduce yourself to everybody. And I would caution you against asking a single person if they are a nurse, because unfortunately I have been approached by my fellow classmates who are not in the same year as me. And they have asked me if I'm the nurse and this just doesn't typically go over well. And it would be extremely unfortunate if you asked the attending surgeon if they were the nurse. So probably just ask people what their role is on the team. That is going to be the most neutral way that you can find out what people are doing. Never assume that anybody is any specific role. Just ask people. You can say, hello, my name is so-and-so. I'm a medical student. I'm scrubbing in on this case. What's your name? Or what is your role on the team? So nice to meet you, etc. Just be normal. Don't assume what people do. That's going to save you some trouble in the long run. This is not an uncommon thing that happens. So just don't say that. At this point, another thing that you can do to be sort of independent in the OR is pull your own gloves. So I do this in between seeing the patient and rolling the patient back, but you can do it after the patient is in the room, once they're getting anesthesia ready, those sorts of things. You should eventually know your glove size if you don't already. And a glove tip that I like is I like to do a bigger size underneath and a smaller size on top. That way my hands don't feel like they're suffocating, but I don't have like wrinkles in my gloves when I'm trying to tie. Because if you're gloves are too big, you get these wrinkles and it's extremely difficult to not get the suture like caught in your gloves. For some reason, it doesn't hurt my hands and cause me to lose blood supply like wearing the same size glove on top and bottom. So to give you an example, I wear a seven on the bottom and a six and a half on top. You can also pull your team's gloves if you know their sizes. They're often posted in the room at our at our institution, I'm sure they do that at other places as well, the scrub nurse may have already pulled them. So you can ask if they need gloves pulled or if they need more gowns, etc. cetera. Um, if they weren't expecting you or they're not quite all set up, you can help them set up. But don't touch anything blue. Do not touch anything blue. Another thing that I think enhances your experience in the OR is being familiar with common tools. So I'll go through a list of the common tools. I'll try to include pictures on the Instagram so you can see sort of what I'm talking about and then I'll just briefly touch on what they're used for you will learn this as you go a lot of it is just repetition but just like being able to ask for what you need in the OR sort of is on your way to being more independent okay so heavy scissors or suture scissors are what you're going to cut suture tails with typically the you probably will not be cutting a lot of things that are not suture tails to be completely honest with you as a medical student unless you're at an institution that allows you a ton of independence. I feel like cutting things in the patient is probably more of a surgeon thing, but you can cut suture tails with suture scissors. You can ask for them. I feel like a cool thing to do is anticipate if they're tying a suture, they're probably going to need it cut. And so you can ask for it. If you've never cut suture tails before, please ask them how they like their suture tails cut. You can say short or long, or I've never done this before. Can you show me how you like it done? Because people are particular. I have had people show me how to cut tails in so, so many different ways and it's different for every person. So if you're not sure what to do, just always ask. Mets or Metzenbaum scissors are another type of scissor. They are more for cutting tissues or like more delicate cutting. And so Metzenbaum scissors are not the same as heavy scissors or mayo scissors or suture scissors. Metzenbaum are for tissues and then heavy scissors or mayos are, can be for tissues, but they're for more like thick things. 
One tool that you'll probably ask for quite a bit is a laparotomy pad or a laparotomy sponge, whatever they call them at your institution. This is going to be the little towel that you dab blood with or dab certain fluids. If you see something dripping in a way that it shouldn't drip and you think that it is safe to dab it, you can ask for a dry lap. If you notice the lap that the surgeon's are using is getting dirty. You can ask for it and sort of slide it and grab theirs. I will caution you against, in this instance, I think like anticipating when the lap needs to be exchanged is something that you can do, but I wouldn't recommend handing them tools when you think they need them. You should not be handing them tools ever if the scrub nurse is available. Another thing you should be familiar with are different pickups. So a debakey, that's what we call them at our institution. Um, they are basically just like tweezers and they can come in all different sizes. Adsins are like skin pickups and these are what you'll use when you do suturing. A needle driver is what is used when you're doing suturing. So two types of suction that you'll probably typically use are called a yank hour and a pool suction. The pool suction is like a long cylindrical tip that has a bunch of holes in it, whereas a yank hour usually just has one hole at the very end and maybe some holes around the tip at the end. The pool sucker is typically used intra-abdominally, especially if there's a lot of fluid. So for example, if you are in like a C-section and there's a lot of fluid after you make your incision, also in transplant, if there's ascites, you would be using a pool sucker for those things. A yank hour suction is typically used more for like spot suctioning. You can suck up a lot of fluid with it, but in contrast to the pool sucker, the pool sucker is pretty nonspecific for large volumes of fluid. Whereas a yank hour, you can target your suction. So if there is an area that you'd like to suck on to like show an area, you would use yank hour over pool suction. There's also smaller suction tips like a pediatric suction tip. I'm not gonna go into all of those, but those are just some examples of things that you might see in the OR. Retractors are great tools for medical students. I think you will probably have a lot of experience with these and my pro tip for this is just find a way to hold them in a way that is sustainable for you. You don't want to move if you have the right view. In fact, it's extremely unfortunate when you have exactly the perfect view, but you are in the world's weirdest position. So try to approach this with an air of caution and try to get into the most ergonomical position when retracting so that you can do it for a long period of time without feeling uncomfortable. Speaking of things that you should never do in the OR, things you should always ask about in the OR are like, may I rest my hands on your mayo? stand. Always ask the scrub nurse if you're allowed to touch their table. They arrange it in certain ways. There are sharp things on there. They truly want what's best for you in most cases. And so just asking permission before you touch their things is a nice thing to do. You can also consider handing the tools back to the scrub nurse after you're done using them because having a pile of tools on the drapes it just makes it easier to drop them. It's harder to keep track of them. And then when somebody needs it, you don't know where it is. Some things that I think make medical students stand out in the OR is anticipating movement. So after you've seen a surgery once or twice, you sort of start to realize the patterns of surgery and maybe the patterns of that specific surgery. Like if you see a cholecystectomy about 25 times, you might start to recognize what all goes on. Some ways that you can anticipate movement, so anticipate the next thing that's gonna happen, is like when people are tying their suture, ask for the suture scissors. If something looks 
looks like it might need to be suctioned or you anticipate that something could need suction, go ahead and ask for the suction. Ask for dry laps if you anticipate something will be bloody or if something need if if the surgeon needs a new lap. That's something that you can do to anticipate movement. You can ask to do things like follow the tail. Um, That is something that you'll learn in the OR, but that's just like helping provide tension on the suture tail. If necessary, you can provide counter traction. You can do all sorts of things in the OR. But I think the biggest thing is to learn to anticipate movement and recognize people's needs before they say it out loud. Because it's very easy to tell a medical student what to do, but I think what makes a medical student stand out is when they start to recognize like how they can participate as an actual member of the team. One other thing I think that makes a medical student tolerable to work with is like sensing the energy in the room. I think there are definitely palpably tense moments in many surgeries and this would absolutely not be the right time to ask a question. So in these moments, maybe hold your question or pause. If something gets tense in the middle of a question, it's okay to pause and revisit later. Just sense the energy and if things are very tense, it's maybe not the right time to ask about what an ionized calcium is. Another thing is I know sometimes in medical school, we feel a little bit powerless to say things, especially if we think a mistake is being made. It can be really hard to speak up, but if you see something, you should say something. There are a lot of moving pieces in surgery, and I feel like as a medical student, you sometimes have a unique position where your participation is generally low stakes, and you might notice a wide variety of things that other people are unable to see as they're focusing on the task ahead of them. So what you should do if you see something that you think could be off is ask if it is off. Because sometimes what you assume is dangerous or wrong is actually correct and part of the protocol. And so telling a surgeon what they should and should not do is not always the best approach. And so I think asking, hey, I think is this bowel poking out over here? Is that okay that it's up against the book, Walter? And sometimes the answer is, yeah, that's not bowel. Or sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, you're right. We are in danger of crushing bowel. Let's tuck that in and get it where it needs to be. If the team, for instance, may have slipped off of a structure they had tagged to avoid cutting, like the ureter, for instance, and you think, oh my goodness, we're about to cut the ureter, it would be an extreme disservice to the patient for you to say absolutely nothing. And so saying, I think we may have slipped off of the ureter, but I'm not sure. Can you show it to me again or is this the ureter here? (laughs) And then (laughs) they may notice that it's not anymore. So moral of the story is if you see something that you think could be dangerous or harmful to the patient, it is okay to be like, hey, I'm noticing this. Is this okay? And some... A lot of the times the answer is yes. The thing that you're worried about is not actually dangerous, but sometimes it is. And you may notice something that the people that you're working with cannot see because they are so focused on their field of view. And that is okay. And that is why you were a valuable member of the team. After the surgery is done, you can help prepare the patient to transport to the PACU or back to their unit. You at this time can help transfer them from the OR table back to their bed. You can help keep their hands out of their face when they're waking up. So this is something that anesthesia will thank you for as they're gathering their equipment. People can scratch their faces or poke their eyes when they're waking up from anesthesia without knowing it. And especially since people will have like oxygen sensors on and all sorts of things on their hands and fingers, it can be kind of dangerous if they're swatting around their face. And so 
trying to keep redirecting the patient or even grabbing their arms if they're trying to scratch their face can be helpful. And then the fun part are things that you can ask to do or ask to help with um, as you gain some more experience. So there are a trillion things that you can do in the OR as a medical student, but some common things would be like helping anesthesia. Some things you can help anesthesia with would be like IV placement, bag masking, intubation, like laryngeal mask airway placement, if you've never done it, putting on the e- the EKG leads, that's a skill that you need to know how to do. Um, you can sometimes help with nerve blocks. You can learn from the ultrasound that they use with the nerve blocks. You can help put OG and NG tubes down. And then there is just a wide variety of things that you can help anesthesia with. And I think it would be remiss to miss out on those opportunities. Other things you can do in the OR is help with the Foley. So it's good to know how to put a Foley catheter in and you can ask your nurse to show you how they do it before you attempt it yourself. So the see one, do one, teach one methodology. There is a specific way to do it and you need to remain sterile and one of your hands is clean and the other is not. So just make sure that you're aware of the inner workings before you attempt it yourself. Things that you can do, you can also drive the laparoscope sometimes. So that's a fun time and just a cool medical school opportunity to be the one driving the camera during the laparoscopic surgery. Other things I think are good questions to ask if you want, if you're interested in surgery or you want to feel what the structure really feels like is to touch stuff. And so when they're like, oh, I've identified this, I'm feeling it here. I usually say, can I feel what you're feeling? And they're like, yeah, sure. And then you can just reach your hand in and feel what they're feeling. Because if you are ever to do this on your own, it's important for you to know what it feels like. Or if you're at all curious, it's important for you to know what it feels like. So that is an appropriate question to ask. Can I feel what you're feeling? Um, Or can you show me? And sometimes there's not enough time, like in emergent situations, that's fine. But that's all a part of like reading the room. But if it's in like a low stakes situation, taking a little bit more time to learn is sometimes possible. Finally, you can help with applying the dressings, cleaning the patient up. During this time, you can ask for like wet and dry laps and then the wet one you'll use to clean and the dry one you'll use to dry. It's a good idea after you've like cleaned up. So once you've done your wet lap and your dry lap, at our institution, we take our top glove off. So we have a sterile glove underneath. And then at that point, we put the dressings on so the dressings are clean and dry so that they don't have all the stuff from surgery on them. Um, even though they're still sterile, we, these are like white bandages and we don't want them to look soiled before we even leave the OR. That is a whirlwind tour of ways to be helpful in the OR. There are, again, a trillion, trillion, trillion things that you can do in the OR and ways that you can be helpful, but sort of having an understanding of how it works, knowing who's in the room, knowing your role, being able to sense the energy and anticipating movement are the biggest things that will make you successful. And then after that, like learning the tools, learning the surgery, those sorts of things will come with time. I feel like if you know your patient, you know what surgery they're having, you have a general grasp of the anatomy and you are trying to be helpful in the OR, you will be fine if you have a reasonable team. So I hope that some of these tips were helpful for you. And then if you're at all curious to see the tools I was talking about or a summary of this episode, of course, check out the Instagram. We try to do a summary of the episode in an Instagram post so you can save it and refer back to the spark notes of the episode later. 
that is it for today. I hope that you enjoyed this. Next episode, we'll be talking about how to be helpful on the floor. So all things outside of the OR during your surgery clerkship. What does floor work look like? What are you doing? We'll talk about it next week. So I'll see you then. Bye. That's it for today's podcast. You can support this podcast and receive exclusive educational content on Patreon and find us on Instagram at Sterile Field Guide. Questions and requests can be submitted to our Gmail at sterilefieldguide at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may your retraction be superb and your suture tails be the perfect length.